Blog Talk Radio. Choices, decisions, frustrations, and pain. Knowing I'm going to forget her someday. While I still can, I'll challenge all my loved ones, every friend, to look inside their hearts and understand that I. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host and founder, Lori LeBay, and Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. At our core, we believe collaboratively we can win the battle against dementia, and I know we're making a difference thanks to all of our supporters on our multiple platforms as we were just honored by Share Care Now and Dr. Oz as being the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's on uh, on the Internet. And we could not have done that without you. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Here at Alzheimer's Speaks, we believe by joining forces, sharing knowledge, and having everyday conversations about life with dementia, we can remove the stigmas attached to memory loss, and we can help those living in the trenches take back their lives, and together we can help everyone understand the true needs of this disease, not just the myths and the stigmas that stagnate us. Here at Alzheimer's Speaks, we want to raise awareness by giving voice to those afflicted with memory loss, their care partners, both family and professionals, as well as advocates supporting the cause. And by working together and sharing stories about living with memory loss, we give hope. No longer will we be a world driven by fear, and together we can teach people how to live with this disease, not as it. If you enjoy our show, I really ask you to help raise awareness of it by liking us and sharing um, the information, and it's really easy to do. You can do that on Facebook. You can do it on our homepage, utilizing Twitter, or even emailing it or embedding episodes onto your own sites. And we hope that you would check out our resource website that has all of our multiple platforms at www.alzheimerspeaks.com. Now, today's show is going to be quite a bit different than what we usually do. Our typical platform is for me to interview one, two, or three people and find out a little bit about them. But today um, is a very special day because I'm so excited about this show we are going to be honoring a very special guest who really isn't even going to be able to make the show with us. And I have just been so touched by the number of people who have reached out all around the world in honor of this man. But before I go there, I also want to just uh, mention a couple other things in terms of how people can participate in the show. Um, You can utilize the chat box if you've signed in via Facebook. And I'm going to try to keep up with comments, but to be honest, today I think it's going to be really 
difficult to do. <laughs> and so um, when I post this to the blog, I'll be encouraging people to go there <clears throat> to make comments so the man of honor will be able to read them in one spot. And our channel expert, Rick Phelps, I don't think is going to be able to make uh, the show with us. Rick has early onset, but he is the founder of Memory People, which is a, a great support group if people aren't familiar with it on Facebook. Um, go ahead and check it out. Just type in Memory People in the search bar and ask to, um, ask to partake. Um, another way that you can join the conversation, um, we talked about one, utilizing the chat box, but two, you can call in live to the show. And that number is 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and kind of explain what this show is about. You see, my guest of honor is not going to be able to join us today. He's what many would call an icon in shifting dementia care culture throughout the world. And yes, he's a man of many talents. I've had the blessing of um, meeting this man and having him on the radio a couple of times. I met him in person at Judy Berry's Lakeview Ranch for a fundraiser where he spoke, and he had me from the moment our eyes met. His soft, kind, and wise eyes looked straight at mine, and I knew we'd hit it off and be lifelong friends. The second time I, w I was able to meet this man was I had invited him to the opening of J. Arthur's Memory Cafe, um, which he so gracious, graciously accepted to come and speak, and he was a hit with the crowd. His name is Richard Taylor. And he's not able to join us today as much as I'm sure that he would love to be here. But you see, Richard was diagnosed with esophageal cancer, and he just started his treatment this week. So this program is all about acknowledging his courage and honoring his work in hopes that we may help him heal and have a speedy recovery so he can come running back to all of us to do his passionate work of shifting dementia care around the world. In addition, I will be pulling in people all around the world to make comments. Um, and again, I've just been overwhelmed with the response, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to get to everybody. But he has really um, touched so, so many people. I think through this show, we're going to be able to pull the world together as one, um, trying in these, um, in these tough times to support one of our own um, but we're also going to raise awareness, too, and that alone I know will put a smile on Richard's face. For those of you that aren't familiar with Dr. Richard Taylor, I promise you, you will be by the time the show is over. And my guess is um, most of you will be converted to raving fans, just like me. You see, about 10 years ago, Richard was told, you have dementia, probably of the Alzheimer's type. And about six years ago, he discovered that thinking, speaking, and writing about what it was like for him to live with the disease really brought him a new sense of purpose. And today, Richard speaks and writes of his experiences with Alzheimer's from what he calls the inside out. And he does that for two reasons. One, first, um, in hopes that he will convince people not living with dementia 
that the people who are living with dementia are and always will be whole and complete human beings. And second, Richard hopes that his witness will encourage others with disabilities associated to dementia will stand up and speak out. Richard's traveled the world standing up and speaking out, meeting with kindred spirits and supporting care partners, sharing his beliefs about living with dementia and letting people know they're not about to fade away. And this is not a diagnosis of a single start of the long goodbye. He promotes what he terms humanizing dementia care, an approach to caregiving that humanizes not only the giver, but the receiver at the same time. As you'll hear from our guests, Richard's words are poignant, sometimes blunt, and occasionally reflect the humor attached to this unwanted and unpleasant disease. He's engaged in creating purpose, joy, and love in his own life, and that flows into others if he knows it or not. Richard wants to convince his listeners, especially those living with cognitive disabilities, that quality of life can be theirs. And so I want to um, say one more thing before I start pulling guests in. And this is a, um, a little poem from Melanie Beatty, and it's on gratitude. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, and a stranger into a friend. And to me, that's the essence of Dr. Richard Taylor. So I'm going to start by pulling in first Dr. Al Power. And Al, how are you doing today? Great, Lori. Thanks for having me on. Great. If you can just uh, tell people in a, in a few short words, because we've got a lot of people to get through, um, kind of a little bit of history, how you know um, Richard, and then uh, you know what you would like to say about his work. Sure. I'll share just a couple brief anecdotes from my uh, from anecdotes from my early um, meeting with Richard, and and I think that really says a lot about him. Uh, I first became a Richard when I was working on my own book and trying to understand how to see people with dementia differently and how to arrive at different ways of caring for them. And um, I was really stuck. I was reading a lot of the so-called person-centered literature, and it gave me a lot of great information, but it just seemed incomplete. And uh, somebody, one of our rec therapists, I believe, um, put me on to Richard's blog. And this is about the time when his book was about to come out a few years ago. And um, and I started reading it, and it really opened my eyes, and I started emailing him and corresponding, and then got his book as soon as it was available. And uh, I found the book uh, eye-opening. It was occasionally challenging. And a couple times I read things that I thought I didn't agree with, but then I thought about them and thought, well, this must let me see what it feels like to live with this and to experience this. And I was able to see what he was saying through his eyes, and that really was the key, that I was listening to the wrong people, that the true experts in dementia are the people who live with dementia and can explain to us uh, something about how it feels and what they experience. And that really opened the door for me to understand how to approach uh, my work differently. And then I met Richard for the first time in 2009, March of 2009. We both spoke at Alzheimer's Disease International in Singapore. And um, uh, just a the sort of funny anecdote that goes with this is that uh, when I met him, uh, we, you know, we talked about the stigma because someone, I think he just talked about that in his keynote. 
and he said that usually when people meet him and they hear he has Alzheimer's, uh, he can immediately tell a change in their voice and a change in the way they look at him and talk to him. And so I immediately became paranoid. Okay, am I am I looking at him <laughs> differently than I would somebody else? Am I speaking the wrong way? Uh, but I invited him to my talk, and and um, and I told him that I might say a few things that some of the organizers might find a little controversial. And his response, which shows both his bluntness and his humor, said, "Oh, don't worry, I do that all the time. But I can tell people, sorry, I can't help it. I have Alzheimer's." So that's kind of Richard's <laughs> sense of humor and how he how he kind of gets the point across. But um, I quote Richard all the time in my talks uh, because he really represents uh, the, the, the human voice, a human voice. He'll tell you he's not the voice of Alzheimer's. He's one voice. But uh, he's opened my eyes to lots of people who now I, who I can now speak to and learn from. And, and uh, one of my favorite Richard quotes, I use a million every time I talk, but one of my favorites is, uh, I am not dying of a fatal disease. I'm living with a chronic disability. And just the idea of seeing that as living and having a disability rather than a fatal disease opens your mind to the possibilities of life for people who continue to live uh, with dementia and, as Richard says, to find meaning in every day. And uh, that's such an important charge for us all and something that he has spoken about. And Richard and I now speak together a few times a year. We've made a couple of DVDs together through Brilliant Image and another one that Kim McRae is putting together. And uh, it's just a, a pleasure and a privilege to know him. He's really uh, one of the true experts in dementia, and uh, everybody should read his book and um, and hear him. Uh, hopefully we'll have him back on the speaking circuit soon and be able to learn more from him. Well, thank you so much, Al, for taking time um, to it's share your thoughts with Richard. And, and uh, uh, my best to Richard, if he's uh, listening in or on an archive, uh, my very best, Richard. I'll be in touch. Okay. Thanks, Al. I'm going to go ahead and pull our next guest in, who is Carol Larkin. And, Carol, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine, Lori. Thanks so much for having me. If you can, again, Hello. tell people um, a little bit on how, how um, Richard has affected you and how you know him. I'll be happy to. Um, Richard came to where I am at. Uh, I'm in Dallas, Texas. And he came a few years ago to speak to professionals there. Uh, and I was among many in the audience. And um, when I heard him, I was flabbergasted. Uh, you know, I said to myself, uh, really, does this man have a cognitive disease? It, it, um he looked and sounded um, just like he didn't, and and uh, I was uh, intrigued, uh, and he was so knowledgeable and so well spoken and just impressive in in every stretch of the imagination. Um, I then went to his blog and started reading and have been a fan ever since. Um, he, for me, he changed my vision as a professional from the, I don't want to say clinical, but from the detached vision of a professional to a human um, insight of uh, just a regular person. And I think the addition of, of 
getting to be real about this, if you will, um, softened my approach to it. And I think that that when I got softened, um, then I started having more effect on what I do, and what I do is to help families directly. I work with families. So if anything, I have to say that Richard, in his own way, humanized me so that I could put forth that and better help my families by understanding with my heart, not just my mind. Wonderful. Well, thank you for taking the time to share, uh, Carol. I'm going to go ahead and move on because we just have so many guests um, to go ahead and um, and pull in. So I am going to pull in uh, John McFadden next. And, John, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing well today, Lori, and good morning to you and everyone else who's joining us. And the good news of the morning for all of us is that Richard has come through his first round of chemo with his sense of humor intact, and uh, may he continue to do well through this very difficult process. Uh, Cancer on top of dementia is a very unfortunate combination. Definitely. Can you you tell us how Richard has touched you? Uh, Sure can. Uh, We first met Richard through our mutual friend Ann Basting in Milwaukee. She's the one who developed the time slips training and a number of other things. And uh, Heard him speak, uh, and immediately, like many other people you'll talk to, started stealing his stories and using them (laughs) the various places we go. Uh, Susan and I travel extensively to speak on themes of dementia, friendship, and community. And no matter where we are, I'll somewhere in the presentation say, how many of you know of the work of Dr. Richard Taylor? And I watch the hands pop up, whether it's in Waterloo, Canada, or Columbus, Ohio, And afterwards, people are eager to come and share their stories of Richard and encounters with Richard and how deeply and profoundly he has touched them and how he's inspired hope. And the most recent interesting anecdote is Susan, my wife, was participating in a wonderful webinar last week. And uh, along the way, one of the other participants starts quoting Richard. And Susan's immediate reaction is, he stole the story we stole from Richard. Uh, so his influence, the waves and ripples he sent out to all of us who are trying to create a new culture of understanding dementia and reframing dementia and supporting our friends and neighbors who are living with the reality of progressive memory loss but insisting that life can still be full and good within that disability. His uh, his web of lives he has touched is so wide and it's a privilege for us to be part of that web that continues to uh, to share his presence in ways that we can wherever we go wonderful well that is uh that is great and i so appreciate you taking the time to uh to share with us today uh with about this marvelous man and how he has touched and and how you've seen that ripple effect um, you know, I, I reached out to many, but I, it was just a minute amount compared to the numbers that I know that Richard has touched in his life. So I thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to be with us today, John. 
And God bless you, Richard and Linda and the rest of the family, and many, many friends are with you in this journey. Okay, great. I'm going to go ahead and um, just read a couple of things that I have gotten from others who aren't able to be with us today. And so the first one is from uh, Kim Prefrock, who works at Oak Meadows, which is an assisted living. And she's actually been a colleague and a friend of mine for many, many years. And one day she told me about Dr. Richard Taylor. Kim said, Lori, if you don't know this man, you need to. And from the moment I read his first newsletter, I knew that I had to I had to meet him, and I was lucky enough to be able to do that. Kim actually, too, met him when we did our opening for the Memory Cafe, and so she had sent me just a little note here that I'm going to read. She said, I've been following Richard's life story for a few years now. I'm not even sure how I found out about him, but have been fascinated by his honest look at dementia ever since. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd ever get a chance to meet him in person, but I did at the grand opening of the J. Arthur's Memory Cafe in Minnesota, and I had a chance to not only meet with Richard, but to actually have a great conversation. And I got a picture, too. Richard has actually helped me shape the way I see dementia. I work in the field of aging and have for nearly 15 years. I'm completely comfortable with those that have dementia and seeing them as amazing folks, not just people to be put on a shelf. I've shared the joys, the uh, the sorrows, both with those with dementia and their caregivers, and laughter. It's a good laugh. Richard laughs with himself and lets us on the outside see that it's okay to laugh. I appreciate that. Sometimes we need this, and always we need people like Richard in our lives. I hate cancer. I expect that Richard will be sharing with us his journey through this as well, and I look forward to it. Richard, I wish you nothing but peace and a new beginning in this journey of your life. Hugs and lots of um, love from Kim in Minnesota. I also want to read something from... uh, Daisy Acosta, who is the past chair of Alzheimer's Disease International. Richard has been an inspiration in my fight against dementia. His courage, enthusiasm, his wisdom have all made a difference in the lives of those who suffer from the illness as well as in the lives of us, the professionals who try to do all we can to meet the challenge that this illness represents. All my best wishes for a great man. My heart and prayers are with you um, from this tiny little part of the world called the Dominican Republic. Love, Daisy. So we've got lots of people that this man has touched, and we have barely even started on our journey. Next, I'm going to go ahead and pull in Mona Johnson. So if you can bear with me just a second, I'll get Mona on on the call. Mona, are you with us? Whoops. Hi, Lori. Yes, and thank you very much for putting this together. Oh, well, great. If you can tell people a little bit about yourself and how Richard has touched your life, that would be wonderful. Okay, great. I first talked with Richard, I think it was seven years ago, when I was blogging about Alzheimer's and dementia research at the Tangled Neuron. I was really interested in hearing what someone with cognitive problems thought about diagnosis and treatment and living with dementia, so I started a correspondence with him. (laughs) But 
you know, little did I know that that correspondence would turn into a friendship and that our conversations would expand really exponentially to cover mental health, dying, funding for scientific research, nonprofits, politics, gardening, uh, climate change, even celebrity personalities. Um, his interests are very wide. <laughs> but the, the thing about Richard's work is that it really transcends Alzheimer's to deal with aging and, and the values of society. He really has a way of getting to the heart of the matter, of telling a larger truth. And although this has maybe not endeared him to some in the Alzheimer's establishment, I really think it's the key to his success. He has a, a kind of moral authority, and I think people instinctively realize he's telling the truth. And I doubt very much that this is what Richard planned to do with his life, but I think it's what he was born to do. His advocacy is tremendously influential. I think there's probably something else to love about Richard, and you've heard this already. I heard it when Al called in. He's really a wonderful friend to all of us. He's introduced me to a lot of people whose work I value. And he's truly interested in all of our lives. He's a great counselor on ethical or personal issues of any kind. He's really one of my most trusted advisors. And besides that, he has a wicked sense of humor, and he's a lot of fun to be with. So, Richard, if you're listening, get well soon, and we need your voice to keep us on the right path. Oh, thank you for your comments, Mona. Really appreciate it, as I'm sure Richard will as well. I'm going to go so ahead glad to and be move. Part of it. Great. I'm going to go ahead and move on to our next caller, who is Judy Berry. Judy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Lori. How are you? Well, I appreciate you coming uh, together with us. I know you have a lot going on in your life. Plus, you're sicker than a dog. So. <laughs> That's okay. Nobody can catch it over the phone. <laughs> well, I have to thank you for introducing me to Richard for the very first time at your foundation fundraiser because he he was just such a joy. That was such a, a pleasure and a gift to me uh, to be able to meet this man. I know that you know Richard very well, so go ahead and, and um, tell us whatever whatever you would like about Richard. Okay. I just want to mention that... Um, I I met Richard probably about five, six years ago at a conference, and immediately after hearing him speak, um, I have um, Lakeview Ranch, which takes care of people with dementia, and it struck me that I needed to bring him and have him train my staff and have him be able to tell them as they're working with people what it feels like. And it was amazing. Um, since then, Richard has been there here in our home several times. Um, we love having him around. He does um, staff training, as I said, and he has helped me understand even more about um, what people are feeling. And one quick analogy that can tell you a lot is that when one of the times I was with Richard when we were both presenting somewhere, um, he came sort of panicky to where I was at the hotel and said, I need your help. I've lost my wallet. And I said, um, okay. So he said, come to my room. And then on the way, he told me that what had happened was his wallet was probably in full view. But he had lost the ability to recognize what it was. 
and to me that was just a huge learning experience to be able to think differently than what we would normally think when someone says something like that. And um, I can tell you personally that I have 90 staff people who have, most all of them have verbalized to me that the most impressive and helpful training that I've ever brought in for them is their connection with Richard. And you're right, he's become a friend. He's become a close personal friend. Um, He's done videos with my husband Julius and I. And Richard, you need to know that we are really pulling for you along with so many other people. And it's really, really important, the work that you've been doing. And I look forward to working with you when you're through this um, journey. You know, you've been with Alzheimer's for 10 years and, you know, have proven people wrong. And I just really want you to know that we're all with you in spirit and we love you. And um, Julius is here if you want him to oh, say yeah, a couple of Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear from Julius. Okay. Um, thank you for having me. Thanks, Judy. Hello. Hi, Julius. Hi. Hi. Would you like to say a few words about Richard? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it has been a privilege for me getting to know Richard. Uh, uh, I've been with him in several of the videos we've done with him, and what I can just say that Richard has done, it was really an eye-opening uh, to, I mean, he's, he's told us so many things that we we take for granted. Like, uh, so, uh, it's, it's just so difficult. I, I've, I've, I've been to his house, I've met him with, uh, with, with Linda, and uh, Richard has, uh, his sense of humor is just uh, unbelievable. <laughs> it, with all the things he goes through and and the stories he tells us and oh god i just i i, I can't say enough about him all i can say right now richard if you are listening we i really care about you and we love you so much and we we are with you all through this and i hopefully that uh, all this goes works goes well and we'll go to see you and hopefully i'm going to try to Find a way of coming to meet you. Wonderful. Just take care of yourself. Well, and Julius, you and Richard have done some great work together. There's a, a couple of DVDs, Living with Dementia, to change your minds about people whose minds have changed. Yeah, um, and, and, and he, he, one one of one of his big one about the stigma is, I mean, how he told, how he explained the stigmas, and it, it's just very well. I mean, it's just so informative. Yeah, he does a great, great job with that. And then I believe you were also involved with the 100 Answers, 20 Questions, and 6 Perspectives um, video as well that's very interesting that has a lot of our leading experts along with Richard on that. So, again, I thank you for capturing those moments and um, sharing sharing those with the world because that's an important piece as well. So thank you for your time today and um, and wishes coming to you too because I know you've got a a father who is healing as well. So our prayers are with you as well, Julius. 
Okay? Yeah, thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Right. I'm going to read another comment here. Now, this is from Monica Helmthies, and she's an occupational therapist and a founder of MindStart, which is a company that helps people with dementia um, be active through the design of dementia products and resources. And Monica says, Richard Taylor likely doesn't know me or my work, but I sure know about him. When I began researching the potential need for age-appropriate and stage-appropriate dementia activities, reading Richard's book, Alzheimer's from the Inside Out, was one of the first things I did. In particular, I was looking for research and experience that supported keeping people with dementia active or doing things. On the, uh, one of the golden nuggets that I found in Richard's book was his statement that dementia causes persons to withdraw prematurely because it's easier, safer, and they don't know what else to do. Another nugget I found in his blog stated that individuals with dementia cannot by themselves redefine a new sense of purpose for themselves. They will need others to find and create activities of daily living that lead them to a sense of self-fulfillment or their sense of purpose. This gave me information straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, and I use these quotes from Richard in educational presentations that I do. Richard, as a person living with dementia, knows uh, that it's important for people with dementia to stay active and fulfilled. Richard has done just that, spending his energy on raising awareness, educating, breaking myths, and offering support and hope. He is one of a of the few people who have given voice to the face of dementia. The extraordinary things he has done for the world that deals with dementia is an awesome gift. All my best is sent to you, Richard. Thanks so much for your hard work. And with that, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to go ahead and pull Susan into the show. And Susan, if you can tell people um, who you are and how you know Richard and um, a little bit you'd like to say about him. Okay, thank you, Lori. Um, I I still haven't met him personally, and I really look forward to doing that someday. Uh, living in Canada makes it a little more difficult to meet some of these people, these wonderful people across uh, the border. And... Um, what I want to say to Richard is that as I started my journey um, and, I find, and I found him online and I have actually done a webinar with him, I find him to be absolutely so inspiring and I wish him all the best and I do hope that I am able to meet him sometime very soon. All the best to, to you, Richard. And hang in there, boy. Well, thank you for calling in, Susan. That was, that's very sweet. And, and you are one of many, many people around the world that this man has touched who people would love to meet. So um, we will uh, send him lots of love and healing energy, mm-hmm. and hopefully he will be back up running around like Santa Claus meeting us all here okay. no time at please all. Give, yeah. Please give him all my best. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you for calling in, Susan. Um, Next, I'm going to go ahead and pull in Agnes Houston from Scotland. And Agnes, how are you doing today? Hi, Laurie. It's Agnes from Scotland. I am feeling very well, thank you. 
Well, great. Can you tell us how you got to know Richard? Yes, um, I am Agnes Houston. I was diagnosed with a dementia of the Alzheimer's type, and I was privileged to share a podium in Scotland with Richard. I don't know how many years ago that's what dementia does to us. It robs us of uh, memory and recall, but I remember the feelings that Richard gave us in Scotland. Wonderful. Um, and is there anything else you'd like to, to say about Richard and, and how that has how he has affected your life? Yes, I am chair of the Scottish Dementia Working Group. We are all people with a diagnosis of dementia, and we campaign internationally, locally, and European. I'm also vice chair of the European Dementia Working Group, and Richard will be applauding at this because Richard and I have met many times over the years in Canada and various places, and we always visioned that on our dementia that we would have a worldwide um, working group based like what we have in Scotland. Well, we haven't quite got it worldwide, Richard, but we certainly have got it in Europe. We started out in Scotland campaigning, and now we've reached Europe. And I am very fortunate to have been um, chosen to represent Scotland in Europe and be the vice chair of the European Dementia Working Group. Wonderful. To see and be proud to see, I am Agnes. I have a diagnosis of dementia of the Alzheimer's type. And that's what I see when I am going around helping to train people. Well, great. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time to call in and share with us, Agnes. And congratulations on on your uh, board affiliation. I think that that's wonderful that you're standing up and speaking out. Um, so thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to go on to the next caller at this time. And that happens to be Laura uh, Bowley. And Laura, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Laurie. How are you? Um, oh, I've good. been listening to you for the last half hour, and they're all a tough act to follow, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we've got lots of people wanting to participate, which is absolutely wonderful. So can you tell people a little bit on how you know Richard and um, then tell us whatever you'd like to say about his work? Okay, sure. Um, first, I want to start out by thanking you, Lori, for putting together uh, this audio greeting card to Richard. And Richard, if you're listening in, um, hello, and uh, to you and Linda, we're all pulling for you. We care about you so deeply, and um, I know that you're going to pull through this, and I can't wait for your return because um, I need my partner in crime back, <laughs> that's for sure. Um I live in Canada, and I'm a writer and editor, and my mother died of uh, vascular dementia. And um, as she was drawing close to the end of her life and her disease, I started to realize that there had to be another way to view dementia, that she wasn't, uh, you know, an empty shell, a shadow of her former self, and all those things that we like to say. 
And so I started looking for resources, and Richard was among, it was probably the second book that I read, but certainly the one that it has influenced me the most in realizing that um, people with dementia are most definitely still there and that it's us who need to do the changing. And after reading his book, I saw that he was going to be speaking at a conference in Toronto. Um, it was the, a Changing Melody conference, and he was speaking at a workshop before it and during the conference. So I signed up for both, and I was determined to learn everything I could from him and uh, meet him personally, which, which I did, and we went out for dinner, and so I had like a full two days of Richard. It was great. And I just <laughs> learned so much from him. And... <laughs> um, the um, one of the things that I remember most is um, him. Um, he and I left uh, the conference center where this conference was, and he walked out the door and he said, "Okay, I think my hotel's around here somewhere." <laughs> I was thinking, "How would you have found this place? <laughs> How would you have found your hotel?" So we thought, "Well, we'll try this hotel across the street." And indeed, it was it was the hotel. He was very smart and booking close by. Um, and by this time, I had spent so much time around him over the conference that um, um, I didn't really think about whether or not he had dementia anymore. It wasn't really saving me at all. But when we sat down for dinner and he started going through the menu, um, the, the waitress was giving him such funny looks and uh, because she she could tell that there was something, you know, that he there, there was something going on here. Um, and I thought, wow, we, there's so much change that needs to take place in society. There's no reason for, for a waitress to be giving funny looks to a person with a disease. It's just not right. And I think that's really what has set me on this course, the experience with Richard and with my mother um, and with our family and how we experience the disease. Um, I'm setting out to erase the stigma of dementia. But mostly what I seem to be doing is... Um, that Richard is uh, R Richard and I have developed a close relationship over the last few years, and um, he's kind of the idea guy, and I'm the one who follows in his wake <laughs> to implement it. So, <laughs> so he's uh, he's a lot of fun to work with. Um, I so enjoy it. He came up with the idea of the I Can I Will website, um, which he first named Stand Up Speak Out. Um, because he, he wanted, his vision was that people with dementia would share with other people with dementia how they take control of their lives and, and their disease and how they take responsibility for themselves. I think that's what he really, he would really wish for people with dementia, is that they take control of the disease themselves. So his idea is that there would be people with dementia on this website telling other people with dementia um, how they how they get through the day, basically. And um, indeed, there are a lot of postings on this idea library. He came up with the whole idea of the library and putting books on there and book images and chapters and the whole nine yards. And um, ADI kindly agreed to implement the website and to include it as a part of their website. So they are the main sponsor of the project. So now we have over 150 ideas, not just from people with dementia, but also um, caregivers and uh, people in communities, especially in the UK, as they talk about how they're implementing their dementia challenge, um, how they're creating dementia-friendly communities. There's a lot of information about that on the website. So I'm, I'm now editing that. So this is a great example of, of our work. Richard comes up with the idea, and uh, two years later, I'm editing it. <laughs> so this is, this is kind of our relationship. And then our latest, um, our latest escapade is a meeting of the minds, which... Um, 
over the course of the last few years, he and I have always talked about, wouldn't it be great to have a conference of people with dementia? And we've toyed about, toyed around with dementia university and um, um, helping people and families who have been recently diagnosed with the disease about how to take their next steps and how to build social connections and how to find a purpose in their life and live with purpose. And, um, but it's just, it's so expensive, there's so much money, we can't wrap our heads around funding, how do people travel, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we thought, well, with the technology today, why don't we have a webinar for people with dementia? So that's how a meeting of the minds came about. And that started in September. Um, and we've had uh, six or seven really successful webinars since then, and Dr. Power was the guest on the last one. Um, Richard, of course, this was uh, when he received his diagnosis of cancer. So he, unfortunately, is not participating in it right now, but I can't wait for him to come back. Um, I had to make the announcement during the November webinar that he wouldn't be participating at, at this time. And I thought when I would make that announcement after everybody had logged into the webinar that I would say Richard's not here. And they'd all ditch this webinar because they were just there to hear him. Unfortunately, <laughs> they didn't. But um, he's, uh, he's, he's had such an influence, such a well-known name. Um, his book is always the top of my list to recommend to people. I always look on. If I go into a resource center, if they don't have his book, I tell them that they should buy it. It's really essential reading for anybody who's received a diagnosis. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the main thing that I've learned from Richard is that you have to live a life with purpose and that living a life with purpose doesn't end with your diagnosis. It begins with your diagnosis. And if you live a life with purpose, you can um, you can really go against all odds and really uh, go against the prognosis and extend your your quality of life for many, many years, as Richard has done. And um, Richard, I miss you, and I hope you come back soon. And uh, looking forward to talking to you again. And I'm really glad that we're doing these webinars because if um, Richard is not able to travel as much in the future, I'm hoping that uh, a meeting of the minds will be his will now be his um, megaphone to the audience out there. That that's how he'll be able to reach them from the comfort Wonderful. of his home. So that's my hope. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you for joining us today. And I, I second uh, his book. It it is. I get a lot of books to review, and his is the only one I can say I am not willing to give away. <laughs> because I, I know, I know, so I never give away my copy. And reference it all In fact, I think I need to read it again. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah, definitely. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Laura. I really appreciate it very, very much. Bye now. I'm going to go ahead and... Um, read something that I got from Keith Oliver, who has dementia. And he wrote to me, I hope this arrives in time and it isn't too late uh, for the project for my dear mate, Richard Taylor. I forward the details of the broadcast on to all my other friends, and um, this is just a really important mission. My name is Keith Oliver, and I'm fortunate to live in the historic city of Canterbury, England, Two years ago, I was principal of a large primary school until diagnosed with young-onset dementia, a diagnosis which isn't easy to come to terms with. I first met Richard at the ADI conference in London, London, where we talked as old pals, um, even though we had just met. Richard is good at getting one to feel at ease in his company. 
I heard him speak at the conference, and I purchased his book, which he kindly wrote an inspiring message in as a friend. Since then, we have corresponded by email, and he is always one of the first people I contact when preparing a paper or talk for a conference or an article for a journal. I always receive wise responses and encouragement from him. I am sorry I shall not be able to listen to the live um, or participate as I'm delivering a dementia training with colleagues for staff managing care homes in southeast of England, something which I know Richard would be pleased about. I shall be thinking of him tomorrow, and my hopes and prayers, like so many others, are firmly with him in his quest to beat his latest challenge, Kevin. Um, There are so many people this man has touched. It's just kind of amazing to me. I'm going to pull somebody in, and this one, I'm not quite sure who it is, so we'll just test it out. I've got several people on the line. This one does not show a phone number. I'm wondering if it might be Kathy. Kathy, are you there? Lori, it's Kathy Bory calling from Vancouver. Well, did I guess right or what? Okay. (laughs) You are... Oh, you are positively psychic. I don't. I'm on Skype, so sorry about my phone number not showing well, up. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. I have several people online that I'm not quite sure who they are, and others that I do recognize. <laughs> so, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you know Richard and what you would like to say about him? Well, first of all, I'm just going to sort of brainstorm a few things, but I think it's good that you don't always see our phone numbers and you don't know who's coming on and you don't really know always what's going on, and it's a great metaphor in all of that. But I've been listening to this uh, wonderful show that you've put on this morning, and first of all, I want to give my big love to Richard. I hope he's listening to it now. If he isn't, I know he'll be listening to it later. And this is a big kiss from Canada, Richard. I hope you can hear it. That's the whole of Canada sending you love. And many thanks to you too, Lori, for putting it on. I was thinking when I'm sitting here listening to all these wonderful people talking about that wonderful, wonderful man that really we're, I think we should just join a big, make a big group up called the Stigma Busters. Because the theme, (laughs) I I think, so often, you know, stigma busting. Laura was just saying that. And um, I think that's essentially what Richard has been doing all these years by living his life in the way he's been doing it. I first met him, I think it was, um, I'm thinking it was in either at New, in New York at MoMA, we were invited to a kind of a think tank about dementia, or it might have been in Greece, and the funny story in Greece was I had sent him my book ahead of time because I'd spent over seven years caring for my elder mom who had um, Alzheimer's, and he was very helpful with to tell me if I was on the right track or not with regards to the writing. And we were both presenting in a changing melody in, oh, that was in Toronto. Now I'm getting, I'm getting cities mixed up. Anyhow, my friend and I had come into the room during this performance and we always come in dancing to the Beatles song, Hello, Goodbye. And we're quite frenzied and having a lot of fun. And then I saw Richard in the front seat. So I ran to him and gave him a huge hug. And you know, he's a bear of a man. So we're hugging and getting all tangled up. I come back out. I can't find my microphone. I had one of those headsets on. And there's a point in this story. And I'm, of course, frantically looking all over the floor, feeling quite stupid that I haven't got my headset and can't get going with it. And he just stops very quietly and says, 
Kathy, it's all tangled up in your hair. So there's, of course, Richard, you know, always Richard just getting things right, helping me get sorted out. And I think that really he does that for all of us. And in many ways, when I listen to all these speakers, he's been a guru in the field, a leader, and uh, most of all, a good friend to people who need that. And Richard, we just send our love to you from all over the world. I can only represent Canada today, and there's other Canadians on as well. But I think, um, you know what, something else I was thinking, Laurie, the sun's a little weird, but I'm thinking, you know, if there are sort of a whole mess of gods up there or one god or whatever, I think they're looking down at Richard and thinking, now, we've given him quite a bit to contend with, and he's done a 10 out of 10 job. But we don't want him to sort of get used to this. So let's give him something else to deal with. And maybe he'll transform that field as well and do good work in it. So I, I think it's Richard's your own fault for being so good and that gods are giving you one more challenge. And then they're going to see what wondrous things you come up with. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if you were able to once again help the world in your own kind and loving and very insightful way. So love to you. And great thanks uh, to you, Lori, for putting this wonderful show on. Oh, thanks for joining us, Kathy. Appreciate it. Next, I'm going to pull in Rick Phelps from Memory People. And Rick, are you there? I am, Lori. Good morning. How are you? Hi, hi. Do you want to tell us uh, how uh, Richard has influenced you? Oh, most certainly. Um, I can remember I met Richard uh, two years ago. Uh, the reason why I remember it was two years ago because this is when this whole thing started with me officially. And uh, to say he's been an influence on me as a patient is is, is indeed an understatement. Um, I have people tell me all the time that what I've done with memory people, this, that, and the other, has changed a lot of lives. But, but Richard Taylor was was one of the driving forces behind me. Um, I remember every time I talked to him, he would always say that uh, we'd talk about this, that, and the other. We'd have some differences, but that's how people are. Um, him being with dementia and me being with dementia, we both knew the goal we was after, and we just going at it in different ways. And that was a great thing about Richard. He, he, we had we had some really really good talks, and uh, I, I sure appreciated everything that uh, he did for me when I was first starting out with this memory people thing. He, um, this thing that's going on with him now, and it's uh, it's no doubt that he's going to tackle this just as hard as he he has dementia. That's just how this this guy is wired. Uh, I, I can't. There's only a handful of people I have uh, dealt with in the past uh, two years out of the thousands that I know that that really truly get this disease. And uh, Richard Taylor is indeed at the top of that list. Um, he um, he opened my eyes to a lot of things and 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 was there when I had dozens and dozens of questions right along with you, Gloria. He was right in the mix of things with me when I had no one to turn to and all these questions I had to have answered. And uh, since that time, I've picked up my myself and dusted myself off and said, hey, <laughs> I'm going to do what Richard does. This thing ain't going to get me down. And uh, like I said, he was the driving force behind that. Uh, he, he's a good man, and uh, I, I'm honored to call him a friend. And uh, I couldn't. I couldn't wish for the best results to come out of this for him. I'm sure uh, it's going to be positive because that's that's the attitude he's always had through uh, through all the trials and tribulations he's he's uh, he's met with. 
Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining us today, Rick. I've got a lot of people to get on the line, sure. so I'm going to sure. go on to the next one here. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull in Dr. Bill Thomas. And, Bill, are you with us? Hello, Bill? He was there. Oh, it looks like maybe he got cut off. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and we'll see if he can call back in there. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and just read another statement from a, from another person. This is from Frida Coley, and she lives in the UK and wanted to call, but her computer is too slow to be able to use Skype, but she said she'll listen if her computer cooperates. Um, Frida says, Richard has been very encouraging in his webinars on dementia support networks, where in just two meetings I found new and vital information. Richard's newsletter has always been very interesting and helpful, and I did join his Yahoo groups, but she said she rarely is able to uh, manage to take part. We're friends on Facebook and sometimes exchange gifts in the apps games. I think Richard has been absolutely key in forwarding the recognition of need for improved dementia awareness and treatment nationally and internationally for persons with illness. It's, um, it is invaluable to know that one of our own is able to live so completely and dedicate expertise to the cause. I think all feel more empowered to be useful and to have self-esteem through Richard, an example, a champion. We'll be, we'll be soon together, Richard, Frida. So she is um, sorry she could not make it with us today, but again, I uh, definitely wanted to uh, to uh, say hi. And I'm going to try and see if we can get Dr. Uh, Bill Thomas back with us. Bill, are you there? Hey, I, uh, can you hear me? I'm I'm here on this end. I can hear you. So I think everyone can Fantastic. hear you. Okay, what beautiful. I'm really enjoying the show and enjoying uh, what this all is all about. And hearing uh, people talk, it, it, you know, Richard's story... Um, kind of reminds me of a story that's told about uh, the Buddha. And uh, what happened with the Buddha is uh, at a very young age he achieved enlightenment. But instead of uh, going off to nirvana, he stayed with us, human beings here on earth, to help teach us a better way. And I think of that in terms of uh, Richard. I mean, here's a guy who could have and would have had every right to sort of go off on his own after his diagnosis, but instead he stayed with us. And um, his work is phenomenal. It's reshaped the experience of dementia, and I think that he does indeed have more to teach us, and I look forward to learning from him. Wonderful. Well, I thank you so much for taking the time to be with us oh, today. Oh, you bet. I know I, uh, this, is, this is great. Keep up the good work. Love your show. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Bill. Have a wonderful day. Appreciate okay. it. Bye-bye. I'm going to go ahead and read another comment here. This one is from BK Bevel. And uh, BK, it's PK. I always say BK. Sorry, PK. Um, PK is the founder and CEO of Second Wind Dreams and the an author, and um, she also does the virtual dementia tours. Uh, she lives in Marriott, Georgia, 
And she's unable to join us in the conversation today because she is busy with her Gifts of Light program, but that doesn't minimize, she says, my determination to let Dr. Taylor know how much he means to all of us. Um, And these are her remarks. Uh, Dear Dr. Taylor, I can only imagine how unselfish you are. While I've never met you personally, your works show a commitment to making the world better by exposing an intimate part of you and your journey. You make dementia hopeful, but you don't do it um, through, you know, a way that deters others, but it allows people to be part of your world. Insights into reality of dementia will never uh, be gleaned from research conducted in ivory towers with little or no information about the person in the throes of the disease. It will only come from the unselfish exposure into your life. At times, I feel like a voyeur reading your work or listening to you speak. It is times like these that I'm most most in awe of you. The power you display over the truth of dementia is inspiring. With so much noise and chatter in our lives, it's sometimes hard to focus on the day-to-day reality of what you endure, but help us focus. You are giving us the proverbial slap in the face that everyone in society um, needs to know about. I look forward to hearing how your recovery goes, and um, this is just a blimp in your life. Grateful. Um, from PK, and so it's it's amazing how this man has touched so many individuals around the world. I'm going to pull in um, another person here, and I'm not quite sure who this is because we've got some people calling in by Skype and so forth. So this person, I I'm going to guess that it is either Jan or Mark. So. If you can just talk, and we'll figure out if you're live or not, and we'll yeah, go from there. It's Mark. It's Hi, Mark, Mark. Lori. Hi, Mark. Um, if you can tell people who you are, Mark, and um, how Richard has influenced your life, that would be great. Sure. And thank you for having me on the show. I think this is a wonderful idea. Uh, my name is Mark Wortman. I am the executive director of Alzheimer's Disease International which is the umbrella body, the federation of all the national alternative associations worldwide. And we're based in London, UK. Um, I know Richard because he uh, he has been active at our meetings. We have an annual conference, for instance, and in 2009 he spoke at a conference in Singapore. And uh, I cannot stress enough the importance of uh, people with Alzheimer's or other dementia speaking out in public. That's a very powerful thing. Uh, it encourages many people, as uh, as I hear on your show all the time. But it's also important towards policymakers and governments who want to to plan for better dementia care, better services. So Richard has been very helpful in doing that, and he. He also um, asked us for a meeting uh, two years later when we were in Canada and Toronto with the conference. And we had a breakfast meeting with a um, 
surprisingly large group of people at 7 a.m. There were 25 people attending, most of them uh, living with dementia. It is first in because they were coming from the U.S., Canada, and some European countries, even from Thailand. And those were the children born, and that can be found on the AR website, and it's called I Can I Know. And it's the place where you can share your ideas of how how to deal with the disease and anything that people want to share with others. Uh, it's also on the website, and there's a lot of visitors all the time, and uh, also a lot of ideas about what's there. So Wonderful. Richard. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for calling in today, Mark. I really appreciate it. And I know um, Richard is just going to be thrilled that you, you took the time to call in as well. So have a wonderful day, okay? Yeah, thanks very much. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of more comments that I got. We'll try to get these all on the show. This is from uh, Gary Joseph LeBlanc, and he's an advocate against Alzheimer's and devoted to helping family caregivers. He's also the author of Staying Afloat in a Sea of Forgetfulness and Managing Alzheimer's and Dementia Behaviors. Uh, Gary writes, I've never met Richard personally, but we have emailed each other several times. One thing that has always struck me was something in uh, one of his chapters of his book. He describes the difficulties of buttoning up a shirt one day And after numerous attempts, he basically decides it is what it is. And coming out of the bathroom, his granddaughter says to him, Grandpa, your shirt is buttoned wrong. He tells her, that's okay, dear, it's broken. Gary says um, that he's paraphrasing, but that explanation has never left him. And it was just such a gift to be accepting of, you know, what things are and not trying to change it. So he says, thank you, Richard. And from Dr. Jennifer Butte, um, a living colleague with Alzheimer's, she said, I met Richard at the ADI conference in London in March this year when he was chairing a meeting at which I spoke. We became friends, and I've kept in touch uh, with him by email as I can no, no longer manage phone calls anymore. I read his book soon after my diagnosis of Alzheimer's in 2009, and I loved the insight he showed and the way he coped with his difficulties, and it encouraged me to do something positive with my diagnosis. I now have a website called gloriousopportunity.org. That's gloriousopportunity.org, which is linked to his and have commented or committed myself to walk the path with him as well as educating others and beating the drum that there is so much that still can be done uh, for a person with dementia, Dr. Jennifer Butte. And I'm going to read one more from my friend Eileen Smith, who's in New Zealand, and she wasn't able to join us today due to her commitments with her grandchildren in the school holidays. Eileen has spent uh, eight years um, on the local Alzheimer's board, plus three on Alzheimer's New Zealand board. In 2011, Eileen had retired from work and recently just published a book telling of her last 12 years as she cared for her husband, 
race and the challenges they face specifically related to uh, young-onset Alzheimer's. The book is called The Black Hole. She says, Richard has made a huge impact um, at the 2010 Alzheimer's New Zealand Conference. He and Linda, who is his wife, um, then went on to take part on a road show and traveled throughout New Zealand speaking to local Alzheimer's branches. His ability to talk with people with uh, so much heart about his own life gave so much hope to many throughout the country. We all give Richard our very best wishes and hope for the future. A special wish to from Nigel uh, uh, Tanya Wine, um, who took part in the road show with uh, Richard and Linda. So um, it's just kind of fun to hear the impact this man has had all over the world. Now I am going to pull in next, I believe it is David uh, Truxel. So David, are you with us? Yes. Hi, Lori. How are you? I'm calling from Sacramento, California, and it's been a delight to listen to the show. And uh, I don't know if Mark is still listening, but he's a, a wonderful colleague and friend from England as well. Great. Great. Well, thank you for partaking in the show today. It's just a, it's just a pleasure for me to be able to, to give us all this platform to let this man know the wonders of his work. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you know Richard and um, and what your thoughts are. What what kind of impact has he had on your life and your work? Well, thank you, Lori. Well, um, my colleague Virginia Bell and I, who have known Richard for many, many years, we developed a, a, a program and philosophy called the Best Friends Approach to Alzheimer's Care. And, you know, what I told Richard, which has been so meaningful to me, is when our first book came out, gosh, in 1994-95, you know, back then um, it was very unusual to have a person with dementia uh, speaking or involved. You know, I think because of the lack of public awareness, you, you didn't tend to see those people. They they weren't diagnosed till much later. But the very first letter Virginia Bell and I ever got about our book was actually from a woman with Alzheimer's disease who had read our book and really liked it. And, and that just stayed with me for so many years. And, and so then meeting Richard many years later at a conference, because uh, we've, we've done a lot of international traveling together and, and been at conferences, um, I told him that story. I said, you know, Richard, I think what has been so meaningful to Virginia and me is to have your endorsement and your good words, people who are who are living with this disease and recognize that it's all about dignity and life. So I guess what I'd say to me about Richard is that he is such a tenacious fighter and advocate that he he keeps us all honest. He keeps us all really focused on the important day-to-day -day issues that, of course, we hope there will be a, a magical cure and a magical pill. But meanwhile, we have to support people with dementia. We have to encourage them to live the best life they can lead, to um, you know, be active, to be engaged, to be with friends and family. And uh, I just am very, very um, you know, taken by Richard's work and his message. And what I also think is so interesting to me is that he has this sort of public persona of being this tough kind of street-fighting advocate for people with dementia. <laughs> but when you actually go to one of his workshops, he is such a humble sweetheart pussycat, you know, uh, that I, I just love those two sides of Richard's personality, as does my friend Virginia, and uh, we certainly send him our best wishes. 
Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for calling in. And I I would say, uh, you know, second that whole motion on what his persona is because he is just one of the most enduring men that I've, I've ever met. And uh, it's just such a pleasure and an honor to uh, to know him and to think of all the people all around the world coming together to honor um, the work that he has done and the work that he'll continue to do. Um, I'm, I'm just grateful that you were able to, to be a part of that today. So thank you so much for your time today, David. You're very welcome. And much love to you, Richard, and uh, and thanks for uh, spreading this good word uh, about uh, the, the importance of, of wonderful um, creative dementia care. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm going to go ahead and um, read another um, little segment that I got. This one is from... Nina, and I hope I don't cremate your name too bad, um, Baklakova, another sweet soul touched by Alzheimer's disease. First, she says, I'm very sorry to hear about Richard's cancer. I'm a patient with Alzheimer's too. Two weeks ago, Richard encouraged me in my efforts to speak up because I wrote to him that I was nervous to speak in the European Parliament about my life with dementia. I'm from the Czech Republic, and here in our country, it's very unusual to speak openly about dementia. So Richard is, for me, a big example. When I saw what he was doing two years ago, I decided to help publicize information about Alzheimer's to more people, including the doctors in the Czech Republic. I organize discussions, give interviews to magazines, and from this year, I'm a member of the European Working Group People with Dementia. All of these activities are a result of the big example of Dear Richard. I am grateful that I could read um, several years ago about him and his, his activities, and I hope he will be better soon. With gratitude, Nina. And then I'm going to read one more, and then I'll pull in another guest here. This is from Paul and Christine Bryden um, from Australia, and they're not able to be with us just due to the time zone difference. It's like 2 a.m. over there. Uh, Christine has written two books uh, called Who Will I Be When I Die? and Dancing with Dementia, My Story of Living Positively with Dementia. Uh, They go on to say, we first want to wish Richard and his family all the best during this difficult time. And we met Richard on the Internet back in 2003 when he made contact with others active in dementia advocacy through the Dementia Advocacy and Support Network International, known as DANSNI. And that's D-A-S-N-I. And if you're not familiar with them, you're going to want to be. And subsequently, Uh, They met him at the Alzheimer's Disease International Conference in Berlin in 2006, and then again in Toronto in 2011. Richard and Christine um, have the same German publisher, and we met up with him in 2011 in a joint launch of, of his book in German and Christine's first German edition in Zurich. And he has just been a strong and tireless advocate for people with dementia and the need to change attitudes, particularly in the U.S. and um, in Germany. And we pray that his treatment will be successful and that he will be able to continue his important work in the future. Best wishes from Paul and Christine. 
So again, it's just uh, it's just so fun to hear all of the comments here. I'm now going to pull in Dr. Larry Force, and Larry, if you can let people know where you're from and and how Richard's work has affected you. Hi, Laurie. Um, my name is Larry Force, and I'm a gerontologist and founder of Age Plan, which is a national training consortium. And first of all, Laurie, thank you for doing this. What a tribute. And the power of Richard is that we've never met, but I know him. And I know him by his work. I know him by his advocacy. And the voice that he has given to so many. And I think, Richard, you know, you need to know um, the honor that uh, that you have brought to, to this whole field. Uh, I started in this field back in the late 70s. Alzheimer's disease was a death sentence. And uh, you have been instrumental in showing that the face of Alzheimer's disease has changed, but more importantly, so has the voice and the role of advocacy and the fact that there is a full and rich life beyond uh, diagnosis. And I think that, you know, the skill set that you brought to this issue is the same skill set that you'll bring to any issue that you're dealing with. Uh, years ago, I also went through a medical uh, incident, as I call it, and uh, fully recovered. And I fully recovered because somebody finally told me to get up and stop acting sick and stop acting impaired and frail. And with that advice and the power of imagery and support and family and love, I got back up and I fully recaptured my life. So that voice, those fingerprints that you bring to the table, bravo, bravo for so many people. And as I said, the power of your work, you know, is obviously um, nationwide, international as well, because you and I have never met, but I do know you, and I know what you stand for. And, Lori, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, well, thanks for being a part. I'm so glad that you were able to take the time to, to be with us today. Have a great holiday. Thank you. I'm going to go... I'm going to go ahead and um, just read another comment here. And you have to just bear with me. I've got comments all over the place flying in here. Uh, this is from Kim McRae, and she's a fair, uh, family caregiver uh, turned advocate. And she said she's sorry she won't be able to participate today, but she's sending positive energy um, to everyone participating in this show, and especially you, Richard. What a wonderful opportunity for everyone to stand up and speak out in support and love for our friend Richard Taylor, to create a virtual standing ovation in honor and celebration of Richard and his tremendous impact uh, he has had on so many uh, people. He's been an inspiration to untold numbers of people, urging the world to humanize dementia care now. He has asked the hard questions, said what needs to be said, and pushed hard against those constantly pushing back. The world is standing up and speaking out in celebration and recognition of Richard and his wonderful family. This standing ovation goes out in a circle, um, goes out uh, to circle them with love and positive healing energy as they go through this phase of care, treatment, and healing. Personally, meeting Richard totally changed my life and helped define my own sense of purpose. 
I'm sending Richard and his sweet family peace, strength, and patience as they go through this new venture. And I'm also sending a huge hug and kiss kiss um, with love from Kim Kim McBray. So thank you so much, Kim. And Norms from across the pond um, wrote a note and just said, please say to Richard from all of us here in the U.K. that we wish him well. And, um, you know, so many of people are trying to uh, reach out and go ahead and connect during these during these trying times for you, Richard. So I just want you to know that, that we're here for you. I think I'm going to read one other comment, and then I'll pull in our next guest, Kathy. And this one is from Frederico Ortez Marino from Monterey, Mexico. He says, I have 16 years in this Alzheimer's movement. I'm a professional, social psychologist, writer, and journalist. I consider myself like any other person. I got involved in all of this because, because of my family, starting with my father. And we had seven cases of families with Alzheimer's. And today, I join with all of you to give my support and recognition to Richard. I met Richard six years ago in 2006 at an ADI World Conference in Berlin, Germany. Richard captivated me in in the way he let us know what he was thinking, his feelings, and his emotions. The way a person with dementia thinks about himself and others, the way a person with dementia lives, what are their needs, um, the way they see things, and what someone with dementia or Alzheimer's demands from our society to be heard and to be listened to and to be taken as a person. I like all of Richard's work um, that he has done in the Alzheimer's movement, his commitment, his passion, and all of his approaches. He is a real man, and I believe he also does... um, he does know that there's still so much work uh, that needs to be done, and together we can achieve um, we can achieve this. And so again, that was from Frederico. I am going to now pull in Kathy Greenfault, I believe. Kathy, are you with us, Greenblatt? I am indeed with you in all senses. Wonderful. Well, if you can tell people a little bit. Um, on how you got to know Richard and how he has impacted your life. Well, that would take it several hours, I think, the last part of it, but uh, but mm-hmm. I'll do this in as abbreviated a fashion as I can, Lori. And first of all, hello, hello to all of you. And those of you who know Richard personally know that you need at least a double hello when you when you greet him. I, I started looking through some things the other day, Lori, trying to, after this invitation, trying to think, why can't I remember exactly when and where I met Richard? And I thought, well, this is very strange. I usually have good memory for such things. And I finally came to the conclusion that it's because even though it's fairly recent, it's back in sometime in early 2010, that I sort of feel like I've known Richard all my life. And, and I think that's part of his capacity for just enveloping you if, if you become his friend. No. So I finally this morning got up and said, well, I'll look through my emails. And then there were about a 1,000 of them. Now you've figured out that I'm a hoarder of email messages. <laughs> um, and, uh, 
And and I guess that I, I met Richard sometime after the fall of 2009. In the, in the winter of 2009, Lawrence Harmon introduced me to Laura Bramley. And I already knew Richard through his writing, as many of the people who are listening to this probably know him, and had just been so impressed by that. But I discovered that Laura and, and, and Laurie both knew him personally, and I was very jealous of that and said, can you introduce me? So I'm not sure quite when we first met, but I, I vividly remember... Richard coming to, I was giving, um, I had an exhibit at the National Academy of Sciences, and Richard came out to see that exhibit of photographs. And it was, for me, it was sort of love at first sight. And this was just a, a man who I thought was somebody that I, I wanted to know the rest of my life, and I hope that I will, and uh, and that that just personified everything good about, about people. I, I started making a list of the, th- the things that, this is going to be such a redundant program because everybody's going to say the same things about Richard as a, a man of of character, of joie de vivre, of uh, enthusiasm, creativity, generosity, thoughtfulness, caring, and that caring probably should come out about ten times in this list, and this is just a beginning list. Intelligence, loyalty, decency, humor, fighting spirit. I mean, I, the list could go on and on. I mean, Many people know him as a writer and networker and blogger par excellence, but those same qualities that you find in Richard's writing, and your writing, Richard, I should be speaking to you, um, are, are in his every every move, every word, every conversation when you know him personally. So he's just an extraordinary, an extraordinary person. Um, and I found a sentence in an email this morning that I had written to someone else who was helping us to do something. And Richard and I had talked about how to do some of this. And my sentence said, Richard will agree to whatever I tell him will be done ethically and responsibly. And I think that's a, a testimony to, to some things about him. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you taking time to be with us, uh, Kathy. Was there anything else you wanted to say? Otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and read some other comments here and... Well, just that these are things that didn't come from one meeting. I I went through the list of some of the things Richard and I have spoken together in Washington, in in uh, in Toronto, in London. We've spent time together at various conferences. Linda and Richard have visited with John and me in Nice when we were living there. Um, So we've shared a lot of very personal experiences. And uh, I told him that this was not fair because uh, we had so much in common that uh, I've been dealing with a cancer for the last year, and Richard's been one of the main supporters for me with this and helping me go go through it. And I hope that I can give him back 10% of what he's given me in terms of just the the spirit of uh, we deal with what we have to deal with, and uh, he he deals with these things wonderfully. So, Richard, we we love you, and uh, and we're hoping to see you soon. Great. Thank you so much for your time today, Kathy. Thanks and, for inviting um, me, Lori. I'm happy to participate in such a wonderful thing. Yep, and prayers and healing coming your way as well. We're all with you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read a comment from Tomas uh, Taiti, and he is a Hungarian filmmaker from London over in the U.K., and he started a research uh, for a film entitled We Can, We Will, A Journey with Alzheimer's. And when he heard of Richard um, from Eva Hemmer, the president of the Hungarian Alzheimer's Society. Uh, He was just thrilled to death. But it actually was Kathy, who just hung up the phone, who actually uh, helped get them connected. And so that was very, very neat. 
Um, Thomas, uh, Thomas says, shortly after I contacted Richard via email, he made himself available for a Skype chat, which was very helpful and encouraging. He then asked me for my snail mail address, but I didn't know this phrase, so I had to ask if he meant postal address. Well, that's, uh, that's all about my poor English, he says. Uh, he told me that he was going to send me something, but he didn't tell me what. And for my surprise, I received DVD copies of his educational videos. Richard is not only helpful and supportive, but very thoughtful and does everything he can to make the world a better place for dementia sufferers and their families. We had a couple of more email exchanges, and um, he said he hopes that their collaboration can continue, and he's clearly inspired um, by Richard. And the film's title um, came really from Richard's idea library, I Can, I Will, and he's allowed them to go ahead and use that for this film. So he says, please let Richard know that I will keep my fingers crossed and wish him um, all the best. And then I have another um, comment here. And again, I hope I don't crucify the name too bad. Um, Estevan uh, Capetier, and he is a physician that uh, specialized in neurology and he was also diagnosed with having Alzheimer's disease in the first stage in 2006. And then in, um, he kind of recognized that he also had the Lewy body type dementia is what he's thinking since 1996. He knows Richard and just wanted to say he thinks Richard um, has reason to be very optimistic about his future. And the most important thing he says, is that Richard needs to stay active both intellectually and physically, along with being helped with the people who love him. So he's hoping Richard is feeling the love shared by all those touched around the world, um, even those that were not able to call or write in personally. And we definitely have, have many, many people there. We've got lots of people on the line. I'm going to um, go ahead and read another comment. This one is from Ann Bastings, and she's the director of um, UWM Center on Aging and Community, and she's an associate professor um, in the theater for Peck School of Arts in Milwaukee, and she says, I've known Richard for, well, I forgot how many years. I wrote a book called Forget Memory, and that was published back in 2009, and she also wrote a chapter in his incredible book, um, An Alzheimer's uh, from the Inside Out. And it took her a while to write it, uh, so she knows that she's known him since at least 2006. Richard and I have shared the stage on several conferences now in Spain. She says that was fun. In Detroit, in Milwaukee, and where else, Richard? It doesn't matter, really. In all of them, I would sit and listen to the power of his words, his ability to rip right through any pretense of speakers and get right to the core of the matter. Don't do for me. Ask me what I want. I always hated trying to present after Richard, but I always recommended that people invite him to speak, even if I had to follow him. Richard has influenced my work in countless ways, but he's also just plain influenced how I try to live my life. 
with a twinkle in my eye like his, with a strong bullshit detector like his, with a good dose of silly like his, with rigor of research like his, with a steadfast dedication to what's right like his. My favorite image of Richard is when he was visiting my classroom in Milwaukee. The class was embarking on a big Penelope project, guiding creative discussion groups with older adults, some with dementia, inspired by Homer's Odyssey. On that day, in one lesson, we were teaching improvisation techniques by juggling scarves. Richard jumped right in, joined a group, and juggled. Their group did an imagine imagine exercise, and there was Richard in the final image, contorting himself in a silly position on the ground with the students. Those students learned an incredible lesson that day. Someone with memory loss can play right along with you. Enjoy, learn, play. Thank you, Richard, and I'm determined to keep on learning from you. And that's from Anne in Wisconsin. Um, Next, I'm going to go ahead and pull in, I believe I've got on the line, Kate. Um, Kate, are you with us? Yes, I am, Laurie. Oh, wonderful. I have guessed everybody right. I can't believe it when there's not a number showing up, so... I'm doing good. I am thrilled to death that you're able to be with us today. And, Kate, can you tell people a little bit about yourself and how you know Richard? Yes, I can, Laurie, and thank you so much for having this tribute show for Richard Taylor. Um, Congratulations. Um, I am also a person with dementia and a fellow blogger, uh, and I'm calling from Australia at 4 a.m. here, but I wouldn't have missed this show for the world Uh, I've been following Richard's work and blog and had an online conversation with him for some years uh, and then this year had the great privilege of meeting him in person in London at the Alzheimer's Disease International Conference and I do feel we are kindred spirits. Richard has been my beacon of shining light since my own diagnosis. When I was first diagnosed, I too, like him, cried for weeks And then I found a transcript of an interview with Richard and an excerpt from his book. His words stopped my crying and catapulted me into positive action. I started writing again and then advocating and speaking out. At the time, I felt he saved my life. My love and get well wishes are with him as he faces yet another challenge and I know he will get through it with the same courage and wisdom that he has with dementia. I wrote a poem for Richard. Richard Taylor, a man of truth, full of courage, a kindred spirit, living an extraordinary life. When it gets too tough, I will think of you. I will get back up. And I will think of you. I'll remember, I can, I will. Finally, I'd like to say to Richard, thank you for your most extraordinary contribution to the world. It's been my great privilege to know you. And I wish you you and your family well, Richard. And Laurie, thank you for having me on the program. Okay, thank you so much for, for getting up in the middle of the night to participate. That just... 
it just amazes me uh, how many people have juggled schedules um, to be I, part I of this show. Two thirty. I've been tuning in, so I've been listening to everybody. And Richard's contribution has been a most extraordinary contribution. Oh, wonderful! Well, thank you again so much for being part of the show. I'm going to go ahead and read another comment here. Okay. Um, this comment is actually um, a little bit longer, but I just thought it would be really fitting because I think it summarizes um, this man, um, Richard Taylor, and the impact um, that he has had, uh, not just on this one person who I'm going to read about, but on so many people all around the world. Bettina Hackle uh, lives in... Uh, in an old Bernese farmhouse in a village near the capital of Switzerland. For 10 years, she lived in South and Central Florida with her husband, Alex, who was diagnosed with dementia, probably of the Alzheimer's type, in 2002 when he was 72 years old. He stayed with me in our home until about the last 10 weeks of his life. After Alex passed away, I soon returned to Switzerland. Here I live with and care for my 85-year-old mom who copes with dementia as well, though not diagnosed so far. And she also has a blog that's very interesting called The Horse Whispering at Dr.Alzheimer's. And that's Horse Whispering at Dr.Alzheimer. Um, her writing that I'm going to read is really personal. Um, but it's what her relationship was, even though her and Richard were across the pond from one another. So um, Bettina, or uh, Tina as she refers to herself, says, Hello listeners, admirers, and friends of Richard Taylor from all around the world. Now, how did Richard enter the picture and turn my life upside down? Well, he pulled me out of a, a deepening sadness, mourning, and depression while everyone expected me to finally escape Mr. Alzheimer's realm and, and feel free to start a whole new life. Let me give you a short glimpse of how I've explained this to Richard himself after we started communicating in early 2010. And please, let me then um, continue to talk to Richard himself instead of talking about him. In my favorite Swiss newspaper, the NZZ, I found an article about Richard and Linda joining a conference about issues on ethics in Zurich. I wasn't sure I liked or disliked the article, but I put it aside anyways. Two days later, I found a reader's response to this article from a professor who had joined the conference as well and who was deeply impressed by Richard's speech, speech, presentation, and personality. He clearly was disappointed with the way the article writer had seen and described Richard. Somehow, intrigued, I, too, put this response aside. And then she decided to tell her German online support care partners uh, group about this disagreeing ways and about this fascinating key speaker from America on a major academic conference in Zurich. Dr. Richard Taylor, diagnosed with dementia several years ago, completely helpless, claims the editor. 
one of the brightest and truly original minds I've ever met, said the professor. Shortly after, I forwarded the news to my group, and one of its members submitted uh, to me a big differentiating and quite enlightening interview of a German weekly Spiegel magazine with Richard. From now on, I couldn't put aside anything. I found um, from or about uh, Richard. I just I had to be involved with it. I went to his website, and I put a comment there. I ordered his books in English um, to get the original language. I even had to wait three weeks until the bookstore would deliver it to me. And Richard responded to my comment on his website. And Richard didn't just respond by thanking me or asking me to stay in touch. He submitted me his complete speech and presentation he um, did at the Zurich Conference on Ethics and Dementia. Now, while we were talking, or rather writing each other frequently by email and Facebook, um, and from her part, snail mail, she said, uh, to me it felt like a source of fresh and life-saving water that had been made out of desert sand. Sand. Hello, Richard. I wrote to you uh, some late evening in August of 2010. So you think we live in a great place um, to ponder about the universe and ourselves, our human condition, our perceptions of what we call reality. Today, a beautiful day around here after Little chat. After a little chat we had on Facebook, I wanted to go for a walk with the dogs and think about your words. In recent few months, I have quickly and quietly uh, talked to you more loudly than anyone else because every time I find you're talking, writing, comments, even mocking, you trigger something in my mind, my soul, and spirit, my memories, and I feel an urge to answer, to share thoughts and insights and stories, to bring voice um, of Alex um, into this dialogue too. Oh my gosh, trying to free some space on my desk and concentrate on all the papers I really need. I got totally lost in your printed out um, newsletters from last year. All and everything you write pushes me to think about it, feel it, and um, ask my own memories about it. It's a lot. It's a treasure, and I thank you so much. And it wouldn't hurt if you try to discipline, if I try to discipline myself to bring some order in my responding to you and take time to find the right words, at least as carefully as you do. She goes on to say October 31st, um, 2010, Halloween weekend. Um, hello, Richard, my lovely friend. Yes, within a few months, I think we're going to see spring early this year. You have become such a dear and close friend. I can't even remember nor understand how I made it so far without you. Coming back to Switzerland as a widow after my beloved husband had passed away on May 30th in Fort Lauderdale, it was a surprise to be coming home after 10 years of living in Florida and after about eight years of increasingly stubborn intrusions of Mr. Alzheimer's on my marriage and daily life. Finally back to the place where Alex and I first met, right here at the old farmhouse. 
I felt like a stranger in my family. Mr. Alzheimer's had not only changed Alex, but myself too. I couldn't leave it behind and start from scratch this whole new life. I couldn't leave myself, my experiences, my memories, Alex, and yes, I couldn't leave Mr. Alzheimer's behind. I had to change um, many times. I had to change many times uh, during my about six decades of life. My family knew more or less and understood the times um, changed and they were different. They had happened without them involved. Now I felt alone back home and my family didn't even notice. I quickly learned how to function around here again, but actually I hid within myself. I felt I was losing access to my emotions and I knew this was a um, combination of physical exhaustion and was on the pathway to depression. Life just didn't seem to make much sense anymore. I had lost my purpose. And when I tried to talk about dementia and Alzheimer's, the stigmas jumped right in my face. One should not talk about this. And the folks indeed got mute and stepped away from me. Could it be contagious? There are rumors care partners would catch it too. I quickly gave up trying to tell anybody about the diagnosis of Alex. Thankful, I was still staying connected with my support group. I even upgraded to the moderator. But there, too, I felt a bit strange because I didn't practice caregiving anymore, and other widowed spouses seemed to prefer to walk away from it all. I just couldn't. And my mostly open mind and friendly, kind, respective Florida experience experiences, I was shocked about what I had heard and read about dementia from folks who didn't have it in Switzerland, from Germany to Austria. We have to do something about this, I thought. After all, it could become a reality for any one of us. I think I think Richard and the spirit of Alex knew that, and he decided I had to hear from you, Richard, and when I checked the automated German translation on your website, Richard uh, lured me in um, into, and my German support group also, you know, went there. I got upset, and I immediately offered to create a more appropriate translation for you. I felt you definitely deserved someone who got a sense, a touch, a feeling, a connection of your writing. Still. You wondered by why I would do this, but you agreed, and I so loved doing it. The following year, in April of 2011, you visited me and my mom and my brother Dan. He talks about a beautiful about beautiful English, and he liked you from the moment that you sat um, by the side at the table. And mom, who never never plays the piano if she suspects someone is listening. She sat there and she played these Bach preludes she still knows by heart in front of an audience of seven people. But she didn't play for the whole audience exactly. She played for you, Richard. We have traveled and walked and wandered together and were always engaged in such lively conversation. While Linda was either part of these or kindly and patiently took care 
we didn't miss the next train or the dogs didn't get lost. I felt every moment would last a lifetime, just in case we wouldn't see each other again. But we did see each other again, and that's thanks to Skype. And every time when you called, um, when the time was late, already after our conversations, I felt energized, inspired, fully awake, and ready for whatever we plan to do next. From now on, I would walk the dogs with a smile on my face, a smile about something Richard had written, said, or done. I smile. I realized I hadn't laughed for years until I sat in front of my Skype screen with you, with you, Richard, laughing. When I tell you, you are a wonderful soul, excuse me, bright, ever ever curious, and open-minded, a wise and humorous man, you would humbly agree, humorously, and doubt anything else. Whatever your brain or your body struggles with, you will always be Richard, and every friend of yours will be blessed. He or she who has met you will share a lifetime. Whatever symptoms can be taken away with this, um, none will get between you and your friends. She says, thank you, Richard, again and again for letting me be part of your world. And I think that that is so perfect um, to end the show with. Richard opened his heart, his soul, he in such a passionate way to change the lives of so many. And just from the calls, the writing today alone, um, well, as you can tell, has me in tears, and I'm sure many of you, we have been so blessed to have this man in our life. And Richard, we just all want to send love and healing your way because your job is not done, buddy. <laughs> we need you back stronger than ever. You are the leader of the pack, and we just want you to know how much um, we all care about you, and that um, you are not alone by any stretch of this imagination um, in this journey. For those of you that are not familiar with Richard, you can go to his website and learn more about him. That is www.richardtaylorphd.com. That's www. RichardTaylorPhD.com, and I would highly encourage you to get his book if you're not familiar with it, Alzheimer's from the Inside Out, or his DVDs, Be With Me Today, Living with Dementia, 100 Answers, 20 Questions, and 6 Perspectives. With this, I'm going to go ahead and um, get ready to wrap up the show um, I, again, I just thank everybody around the world for coming together, and I'm sorry uh, if I wasn't able to include everybody um, in the show. I will be posting the podcast of the show on the blog at alzheimerspeaks.com, 
And if people would like to leave their own personal comments there for Richard, we're going to do kind of a um, uh, a get-well card, I guess you could say, um, and a gratitude card there uh, that will just, again, once again, remind him of what he has um, meant to so many people. I also um, just need to remind people that our next Dementia Chats is going to be on December 27th instead of the 25th due to the holidays. And again, that's a webinar where I interview people with dementia. And you are anyone is willing um, uh, to participate in that, it's free. That will also be posted on the blog itself. And then our next show coming up here is going to be on December 24th with Phyllis Palm. And uh, she's got a great book that's out that I know that you'll be interested in hearing more about. And last, I just want to thank our uh, our uh, great friends at Alzheimer's Disease International and Access to Patients. Uh, don't forget Alzheimer's.com. Uh, Until next time, please focus on progress, not perfection. If there's anything dementia teaches us is that a lot of things are out of our control. And so when we focus on just making progress, just a little bit each day, knowing that we can always improve um, in any given moment, that's all we need to do is just our best. And then also um, remember the three simple things that your memory chip teaches you. Are they safe? Are they happy? And are they pain-free? And you can get your free memory chip along with other tools at www.alzheimersspeaks.com. Again, Richard, we wish you all the best in the world, and we are looking forward to having you join us once again on the show. Uh, you've been with us before, and we, we would love to have you back when you are up and able. In the meantime, all of you have a blessed holiday season. Thank you so much for listening, and we would appreciate you, um, again, sharing this episode uh, with, with anybody you think would be interested. Bye now. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Way Showers who will help your journey a lot easier.